0: Broadcasting from the entertainment capital of the world, this is Rita on the Road in Las Vegas. I'm your host, Rita Pardue, on 91.5 KUNV Jazz and More. The mission of this show is to highlight the people who are the lifeblood of Las Vegas on this episode, part one, we speak with Diana Eden. She's a costume designer, adventurer, travel writer, dancer, actress, and author. We'll be talking about her new book, Stars in Their Underwear. Part two, we head over to World Stage Records Recording Studio to chat with jazz singer Paris Red and Grammy Award-winning arranger-producer Rod Henley. And now, part one. Jazz and more. This is Rita on the Road. We're in the KUNV studios. And today our guest is Diana Eden. Welcome, Diana. Thank you so much. Happy to be here. Well, I'm going to brag about you a little bit because we have a bit of a history. But Diana is not only a costume designer for stage, TV, and film. You were nominated for a Primetime Emmy Award Mm -hmm. and two, not just one, two Daytime Emmy Awards. But we go way back. I first met Diana 40-some-odd years ago, oh my goodness, oh my goodness in <laughs> Don Arden's Jubilee, and I was one of the original singers with that show, and... uh you have a story about that. You saved the day, really, with, unfortunately, with the big fire at the mm-hmm. MGM Grand. So what was your role and what had you been doing that helped
1: really get that show back up and rolling? Well, I was assistant to Bob Mackey, who was responsible for uh, the fabulous showgirl costumes, especially those in the final act. Also assisted Pete Menefee, uh, who designed the other three acts. And I was kind of the record keeper. Um, It was before computers, believe it or not. Mm -hmm. That sounds very, very old. But um, I took copious notes, and I had notebooks full- of information about every single costume and who wear what and what their sizes were. And I probably still have your sizes, Rita, somewhere in one of those books.
0: (laughs) You know, I felt so honored. Bob Mackey personally fit. Oh, gosh, I had several favorite costumes, but it was just, what a thrill. I mean, name dropping of all the people that he's worked with as well as who you have worked. Feel free, name drop. Who all have you done costuming for?
1: Well, I worked with the very young and unknown George Clooney. Who, oh, boy. Who knew at that time he was going mm-hmm. to be such a big star? He was mm-hmm. only 23 at the time, and but gracious and kind with a, a twinkle in his eye and a naughty sense of humor. <laughs> and then at the other end of the spectrum, um, I worked with Betty White. <gasps> I yes. I did uh, I met her and recorded her
0: uh, when I was working in Los Angeles at NPR, yes. and she had uh, turned. 90 Mm -hmm. at that time. Mm -hmm. And I congratulated her, wished her a happy birthday. And she asked my age. And uh, I think I had turned 60 at that time. And she said, Oh, you're just a
1: baby. Yes, yes. (laughs) It's, you know. She was very, very witty. And Mm -hmm. um, I was lucky to work with her on both a uh, series Mm -hmm. and on a um, movie for TV. So I, I really cherish my time with her. Oh, my goodness. You have have dressed so many wonderful
0: people and celebrities. And, in fact, that's why I wanted you to come today, because you have a book out. I do, indeed. And stars in their underwear.
1: (laughs) How did you come up with a title like that? Well, actually, I was talking to a potential... Uh, publisher some years back, and they were sort of saying, well, no one really is interested in how to design costumes. And I said, well, that's not what the book is about. It's about how to deal with stars in their underwear. (laughs) And the moment I said it, I knew that was my title. And of course, it has more than one meaning. Yes, I have seen most stars, uh, most actors come into my fitting room, and the first thing they have to do is take off their clothes. But it also (laughs) is about The book is about the actors, uh, both famous and not famous, and their vulnerability when they're not... Performing as stars, you know, behind the scenes, mm-hmm. what they're like when they come to fittings or when they're nervous about a new scene. And that's what I wanted to address, as, as well as the kind of naughty, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I've seen George and his tidy whities, you know? <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> I know. Well, how can our listeners get a copy of that book in their hands? Well, they can go directly to my website, which okay. is DianaEdenDesigns.com, mm-hmm. all run together. They can go to Amazon. Um, It's available there. It's available in Barnes & Noble. A number of different uh, booksellers uh, have it, and it just has to be ordered, and it'll be in your uh, front door in a few days. Sounds great.
0: Well, I'm sure as you were considering what stories to include, did you have some favorites? Or wait a minute, before you tell your favorites— What are the ones that didn't make it into the book? I bet that Mm. was hard criteria, like, oh, this is so good. They're all so good stories. Well, there was
1: one about Diana Ross, who Mm -hmm. performed um, on July 4th in 1982 at Giant Stadium. Mm -hmm. And it was the first time that there had been a pop concert in that venue, which holds 30,000 people. We were getting ready to start the show, and I was right next to her, and she was holding her mic, and I was about to, you know, make sure everything was zipped up and in the right place. Mm -hmm. And the lights in the arena would not go off. Oh, no. And they couldn't start the show with the big spotlight and all of that. And the audience was getting restless and starting to stamp and chant. And everyone was in a panic backstage. And, oh, and she was, you know, on walkie-talkies, what's wrong, what's going on? And the audience was getting more and more impatient. So finally I whispered in her ear and I said, make your mic live and talk to them. Mm-hmm. So she did. And all of a sudden, the moment they heard her voice, everybody went into applause and they all relaxed. Oh. So I felt a little bit like, you know, the power behind the crown at that moment. <laughs> well, exactly. You
0: know, because can you imagine going out on the stage, that many people, and
1: then there's, uh-oh, yeah. you know, something yeah. happening. Yeah. yeah. So But the moment they heard her voice, everything was fine. They knew she'd be out in a minute. <laughs> they loved
0: her. Well, you know, we touched on, or I don't even know if I, did I mention that you're also an
1: educator here at UNLV. And what is the course that you're, that you're teaching? I teach costume for film uh, in the Department of Film mm-hmm. um, in the Advanced Directing Workshop. And I love doing it because there are very few schools across the country that teach costume design expressly for film. There's wonderful theater departments, including the one here at UNLV, mm-hmm. but designing and working in film is entirely different. So I get to educate the young filmmakers of tomorrow in um, how to design costumes for both contemporary and period, but quite a bit of for contemporary. And I love being part of the film community here in Las Vegas. Yes.
0: And what kind of advice? You know, the students come in and they're probably starry-eyed and they have one idea what they want to do, but maybe that's not how it's going to
1: play out. So Mm -hmm. um, what kind of advice would you give? Well, network like crazy Mm -hmm. um, with your fellow students. Mm -hmm. um, Because very often as the um, students graduate and go on to make, you know, maybe small films. Mm -hmm. Um, They use the people that they're familiar with and have worked with in in school. So, um, you know, work as much as you can. Go out on the weekends and shoot scenes. Don't just say, well, I'm only an editor. I can't hold a boom. Of course, you can hold a boom. Um, Or you can uh, choose a costume. You can do any of those things. Learn it all because you don't know where you're going to end up.
0: Exactly. And sometimes uh, you have to Kind of reinvent yourself, and that's what I, I feel like I, I have in common with you. My first career was that of a professional singer touring across the country. When I landed here at in Don Arden's Jubilee, I started taking classes at UNLV mm-hmm. and got connected with KUNV. And now I've come full circle back to KUNV. But I, for years, lived in Los Angeles and had a very successful radio career. Okay. So I didn't even mention. And I know we're going to have to have you come back. Our time is getting away from us. But not only are you a wonderful educator and a costume designer, but you're an adventurer, you're a travel writer, a, a blogger as well, you know, all these <laughs> things you do. So you are such a fascinating person. So okay. I'm going to get it on on tape. Will you come back on another occasion that we can talk about, you know, we're promoting the book now, mm-hmm. but come back and talk about your travel adventures? Absolutely.
1: I would wonderful.
0: love to. <laughs> wonderful. Once again, how can the listeners get a hold of your book Stars
1: in Their Underwear. I would suggest start by going to my website, DianaEdenDesigns.com. There you can read all about my career and you can hit a little button that takes you to uh, Amazon where you can buy the book. Fantastic.
0: Thank you so much. That was Diana Eden with her new book Stars in Their Underwear. Thank you. Thank you. Part 2. It's long overdue for jazz singer Paris Red to record an album with a swinging big band and a full orchestra. Paris and Grammy Award-winning arranger producer Rod Henley are proud to present her hand-picked favorites from the Great American Jazz Songbook and more. Paris has performed with Michael Bolton, Herbie Hancock, Stevie Wonder, Ronnie Laws, and with Cirque du Soleil's Zumanity. She was named Entertainer of the Year, Best Female Jazz Vocalist, with multiple Black Music Awards. Her hit European recordings for Sony and Epic Records featured her beautiful dynamic and sultry voice. And now, a conversation with Paris Red and Rod Henley. 91.5 91.5 Jazz and More. This is Rita on the Road. And for this segment, I'm actually in a recording studio with none other than Paris Red. Paris, I'm, thank you for letting me come and kind of crash your recording session.
2: <laughs> <laughs> no problem. No problem.
0: How are you? I'm doing great. Good. And also here we have a uh, Dear friend of mine, Rod Henley, who's the producer and arranger. Rod, thank you. Thank Thanks, you. Thanks, for- Rita. Yeah. Glad we're all together. Well, I'm so excited to share with everyone because this is a cool month of July, because even though it's really hot it's and it's really triple hot. digits, <laughs> but it's cool from the jazz perspective because you have a new album and it's perfectly titled Paris Red Hot <laughs> with our triple digits. <laughs> that is absolutely perfect. Well tell us about what you guys have been working on and uh uh first of all how people can get a hold of this wonderful hot album in hot July.
3: Well, I guess I can tell you that. Uh Every streamer that there is, iTunes and Spotify and who knows, it's just a million of them, you can get it there or you can get it on RodHenley.com. If you actually know what a CD is, you can hit (laughs) a button there and and, uh, we'll send you a physical CD (laughs) available as of July the 1st.
0: I'm glad that you phrased it like that because with technology, everything has gone digital, but you know... I love vinyl. I love records. I love CDs because I love reading about what the artist is is about, mm-hmm. what their background is mm-hmm. and that leads perfectly uh, for Paris. Share with us you know uh, your connection with these songs and and a little bit of your background.
2: Laura. Oh in, in what order Laura? <laughs> yes.
0: What was the influence to get you to record the songs that you've put together for this album? Oh, well, well Rod and I decided on the songs
2: together, mm-hmm. and uh, we just started playing the songs that both he and I could think of that we liked and, you know, that we kind of always thought about maybe in the past to do and mm-hmm. things like that. And So it worked out really great and both of us
0: agreed on, you know, the songs and said, well, yeah, oh no, okay, no. Well, let's mention some of the titles Mm -hmm. and thank you. You sent some over to me and uh, Bernie's tune is fun. That is such (laughs) a fun, fun song. And I also listened to A House Is Not A Home Mm -hmm. and... Oh, that one. Uh, That one, uh, back in the day when when I used to sing that, I could not get through that song. I'm not like a Bernadette Peters (laughs) who can be in perfect voice and tears streaming down. Oh, That's such an emotional song, and you sing that so beautifully. Thank you. Wow, wow. But the one that really is another standout is the one you wrote. So tell us about that. Tell us about Simple Pleasures, your original song. Oh, yeah. Well, it's...
2: I just love the um, the rhythm of it, you know, and everything. And I, when I wrote, I wrote it back in in the eighties, and I think it was eighty six. The band was just the band that I had in in Los Angeles, and we just played it, you know. And then I kind of forgot about it. Then I had, you know, it just it resurfaced, mm-hmm. <laughs> and it, it. I thought it would be perfect, and Rod thought it would be perfect for this album. So
0: it it it's really a joy to do it. Well, Um, this might be a perfect opportunity to share a sample of Simple Pleasures with our listeners.
4: You can't imagine what you mean to me. You can't imagine how you make me sing. You can't imagine all the joy you bring to my heart, the simple pleasures of your love. You can't imagine how the summer flies. You can't imagine how the nights go by. And when I'm with you, there's enormous highs in your arms, the simple pleasures of your love. You can't imagine how I can't conceal Anticipating cause with you my real dream is just the simple pleasures of your love Think you know how much I want to be with you just so I can feel the simple pleasures of your love oh you can't imagine
0: was fantastic. I really enjoyed simple pleasures. Thank you. And I, I know you're going to do well with that one. But you know, I think a, a lot of times people like to know behind the scenes, uh, you know, where you've come from and what your career's been like, because that, that becomes an inspiration because there's good times, there's rough times. I like and Sometimes we have to reinvent ourselves. So kind of share with us where you started, what were your beginnings, and to where you are now. Well, I I mean, I started... I
2: started young. I just have always loved music. And so, and that is what drives me and what motivates me. Um, It's not, I never wanted to be a star or be famous or, and probably that's why I'm not. But, (laughs) oh, stop.
0: We (laughs) love you here in Las Vegas. I've done
2: a lot of things, though. I've done a lot of things, but it's all been. The music driving me. Um, So when I was young, I took music theory at five and played the piano. And then by nine, I told my mom I didn't want to play the piano anymore. I just wanted to sing. Mm -hmm. And she said, "Well, you can do both." And I said, "No, I can't." But you know, I understand there's Mm -hmm. that that possibility. But it has. Uh, been a blessing that I had because over the years I've had to use that sometimes I've had to um just in communication with musicians you know Mm -hmm. I've had to actually write charts myself chord Mm -hmm. charts you know chord charts sure but the fact that I could do it you know because it was it's like when you get in those uh, life situations where you got to pull something out of the hat
0: and it's (laughs) well exactly and sometimes uh Uh, Singers get the reputation of, oh, that lazy singer. They don't know how to count down that song or what their keys are. And it was good that you had that training. And that then, in turn, people have respect for you. Yes. And that... The next step from that is for you personally having the confidence mm-hmm. that you know what you're talking about, you know what you need from the other musicians, mm-hmm. and how you can clearly communicate. Yeah. So you are so modest, you know, <laughs> but I mean, I, I recognize it because I've, I've had to go through that too, you know, mm-hmm. and, and it seems like the selection of songs on this album, this is a personal story. It's mm-hmm. songs. So what are some of the other songs? Uh, well, I, I already referenced about A House Is Not A Home. Mm-hmm, because, mm-hmm. But it, does that have a personal message for you? Oh, yeah. Well, of course it does. A House Is Not A Home is one you are all going to want to listen to mm-hmm. because this really touched her heartstrings. I could tell that. And yes. I respect that.
2: Yes, it did. Thank mm-hmm. you very much.
0: Well, the fun song on the album... Bernie's tune. What can you share about Bernie's tune with us?
2: That is quirky, and it's crazy, and it's fun, and uh, yeah, and, and I think Rod did a great job on the music,
3: really. Well, you know, nobody's ever heard the words to that because it was always an instrumental saxophone jazz yeah. piece <laughs> since the early 50s, Right. Mm-hmm. and right. then the guys who wrote uh, for Elvis Presley, decided to write words for it, and we found it, and Paris just killed it when she did it. So <laughs> there's a video on YouTube of that one. Also, mm-hmm. House is Not a Home is a video, and her original song, Simple Pleasures, is also a video on YouTube.
0: Fantastic. Well, again, for the benefit of our listeners, you're going to want to know how to get a hold of this music. So, Rod, where can the listeners find it?
3: RodHenley.com. Just hit on that uh, on your browser, and it'll take you everywhere uh, that it, that it is listed for every streamer. You know, wherever you get your music from, you, that's where it's going to be. You're going to find it. You can it. get the physical CD from RodHenley.com in case you still have a CD player. <laughs> <laughs> Some of us do, yes. like
0: yeah. me. Uh, I still have a DAT machine. Remember Ooh, those? Yes. <laughs> yes. And I still have a reel-to-reel. Oh I mean, I have been a, a gear nut for many, many years. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, it has been a pleasure speaking with you, Paris Red, mm-hmm. the new album called Hot, and Rod Henley, producer, arranger, and... Uh, Keyboard, mm-hmm. drum. what instrument? You play every instrument, Rod. I, <laughs> I'm not doing you justice right well, now. I try, I
3: try to, but <laughs> when it really comes down to it, we've got incredible players mm-hmm. on this album. Mm-hmm. The orchestra is just absolutely gorgeous. Mm-hmm. The personnel on the album, uh, we've got Nate, Kimball, who was yes. with Cirque du Soleil for years, <gasps> yes. who played on the same show with Kip with Paris. Yes. We've got J- John Abraham, who played on the, who, drums, <laughs> who played on the same show with Paris. Yes. Everybody mm. wanted to be on this album for Paris because it's a <laughs> oh. legacy album for Paris. She had a big career in Europe mm. back in the dance mm. days in mm-hmm. the 90s, and yeah. that was great, but this time she got to do exactly what she wanted to do, and we're proud of Paris. How You did such a great job on it all. Thank you.
0: Yeah. Well thank you Paris. Thank you, Rob. (laughs) And we're going to close out this interview. What song should we choose? Bernie's Tune. Alright, we're gonna leave you with Bernie's tune Thank
4: you. Singing Bernie's Tune!
0: To our guest, Diana Eden, and good luck with her new book, Stars in Their Underwear, and Paris Red, along with Rod Henley, and the new album, Paris Red Hot. If you'd like to listen again to this episode of Rita on the Road, it will be archived at KUNV.org on the podcast page. Until next time, this is Rita Pardue on 91.5 KUNV.org jazz and more.